Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Greetings and welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, everyone. Thank you for listening. Yes, thanks for listening. I was waiting for you to say something. Well, I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> and, uh, I'm working Ryan. on that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Interrupting me. I'm Selena. And I'm Ryan. We are the voices and the writers behind Fierce Marriage. Um, thank you again for tuning in, if, yes. that, if you can call it that. I tuning in. I tuning in. Podcasting and listening to us, putting <laughs> us in your ears. Anyway, we have a, a fun show uh, in store for you today, um, and I say fun because it's not something that we really planned for. Usually we have a nice long, um, not a long, but a, a good thought out rundown is what we call them. Uh, that's, a, that's an office reference. Um, <laughs> but we call it the rundown, and it's how we kind of organize these things. And th- this time we're kind of shooting from the hip a little bit more. And what we're going to talk about essentially is what we call the three P's that can poison your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think you'll find something hopefully helpful and, uh, um, illuminating for you. Yeah. Uh, before that, uh, we just want to kind of warm up a little bit, uh, warm up for ourselves, uh, and talk about just our highs and lows for the week. Yes. I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, a low and why we're kind of shooting from the hip has been, we finally got sick. <laughs> yeah, our <family laughs> At least got... our household. Ryan's been staying strong for yeah, now. Somehow I usually, I get it's it like usually a day one of later. Us, I know, but it's usually one of us is, is... So tomorrow don't, don't no. try and talk to me. <laughs> Stop. So yeah, we just, kind of overcoming some sickness and needed to get some more podcasting you, done. You got, you got, yesterday you got just blasted. Yeah. This morning you woke up, you were, I couldn't like, eat could anything yesterday. And then you today. Felt, you feel okay. You just no energy. Yeah. Right? No energy. Cause I didn't eat anything yesterday cause nothing would stay inside. So anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's the worst. That's the low, but I'll share the high with you. Yeah. I think we have the same high anyway. Do you want to share it? Is it? This, do you do you like yes. the high? Like I like the high. I do like the high. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't just grab that clip and yeah. say that. Uh, you know. Uh, anyway, don't use that out of context. <laughs> yeah. Oh, our high. We, we went on a date. I, I usually have dates on Thursdays. It's like a lunch thing, but we actually um, went to see a movie together, and we don't yes. usually go to see movies. And no. this is the first one since Della was born. Our oldest. Is it? Really? It's the first one we've seen together. Yep. Maybe. Anyway, we went and saw The Greatest Showman, and it was so fun. So good. We're Such both musical lovers. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to be honest, Hugh Jackman is just... He's awesome. He's awesome. He's, he's like... Awesome. He's the uncle I wish I had. <laughs> no offense to any of your uncles. <laughs> I just wish I knew Hugh Jackman in person. I, I bet know. he's a really cool cool guy to talk to. I hope so. And ridiculously charming. And if you can play Wolverine and like Jean Valjean... Seriously. And, and then sing do this, the role. Yeah. And, and, live. Not, and not like, they didn't like move the key down for yeah. him to sing it right. Like he, just he sang, sang it, like it like a beast. Like the original Les Mis. Yep. Anyway, Hugh Jackman's just awesome. And if you haven't seen The Greatest Showman and you haven't been to the movies, we just, you know, it's a really fun movie. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, there are some kind of modern, uh, kind of like themes that could be. Yeah. They're not, it's not a Christian movie, right? Right. It's, right. But it's, so there are some themes that aren't, you know, necessarily, you know, ones stuff we would that, like to promote, but there's, 
but still, it was really cool, and we won't give it away, but there are some really biblical things yeah. that you can glean from it, not yeah. that the director meant to do that, yeah. but um, just some cool life themes that yeah. I feel like, in light of the gospel, and make a lot of sense. And the music was awesome, so, and I got shushed yes. in it by my husband. <laughs> he, It was his fault. I blame him entirely. He's like, let's start listening to this soundtrack on the way there in like, this past week. <laughs> And then I'm like loving the harmonies and humming a little bit, and it's so loud in the theater. I don't think he could ever hear me. And he <laughs> no, just, I heard you, <laughs> but he hears and everything. And it was the one song I, wa- I came to hear, <laughs> and I was so excited to hear it. And you're like trying to harmonize in like the best part, yep. and I can't, I can't pay attention it's so to the good. movie. I can't help it. I but can't you were, help but, it. but you were figuring, so you were figuring out the harmonies. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Selena and I used to sing in choir together. It was really fun. Yeah. And she's like alto soprano somewhere between there. Yeah. And, and I, I was just like, shh, gently. <laughs> and then you like thought I was joking. So you kept singing. And then like 10 seconds later, I was like, shh. <laughs> no, be and quiet. You go, Seriously? I was like, yes, quiet. You <laughs> were <was> so mad. <laughs> this is too good. I want to see it. Just to give you some context about how long it's been since I've been to a movie, I, I walk in and I'm like, what are all these big chairs? Like, yeah. You went to like one of those luxury theaters and apparently you buy your own, you buy each seat now. Yeah. You don't just like go in and randomly try to get the best seats. Yeah. It's like been around for years. I know. In I our area, lounge, at least. I got to lounge back and I was like, hand me the popcorn, <laughs> all the candy. I totally like Gilmore Girl did on the candy. So yeah. it was great. That was a good, that was a grand time. It was fun. And then we grabbed some food real quick, which was really fun. It just, we felt like little kids, yeah. so teenagers again. And then we sang very loudly yeah. on the way to go pick the kids up yep. <laughs> from yep. it was just it was a really really fun time i don't it think i had that much fun in a while so anyway we are we're excited to be back here doing the podcast and mm-hmm. like i said um today we're talking about the three p's that can poison your marriage yeah. so i think the the biggest underlying theme here is you know we have this everybody who's married who's been married for a little while will say like marriage isn't a cakewalk right mm-hmm. we don't want to paint this idea that marriage is, is terrible it's hard like marriage really is an amazing gift of god to give us a structure to live for life with another person mm-hmm. to to outline so clearly what covenant is and what it means by giving us his word that shows the various uh covenants that he had between um, his, you know, between him and his people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, then giving us the mandate to live as, you know, and live in love as Christ loved the church. That's a huge gift. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> we live on a fallen earth. We are sinners. Yes. yes, we are sinners. We're broken. And so there's this constant tension and this tendency for us to want to just serve ourselves and be selfish and, and, and right. our, 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 excuse me. Our flesh wants to take the steering wheel and just kind yes. of take the reins, and he's always so quick and so fast to just. In other words, marriage is wonderful, but it's not on. easy. No, like anything right? in this life, right? Yeah. And and I just there's no wonderful with. I have to the ask hard. the question, like, why couldn't it just be easy? <laughs> <laughs> and I think the reason is always, you know, anything that we have to, you know, the sanctification process yes. hurts. Yes, and it's it's a good it's a good hurt because yeah. it means that God is working on us, and that you, whenever you have to like figure out, you know root out sin in your your own flesh in terms of your pride right. or you know you know anger or anything that's in there that's good but right. uh there's this we what i call this propensity for poison meaning mm-hmm. that we have this like our sinful desires will always seek to poison yeah the the you know the pure things in right. our life right right and so um and if you need proof of that i mean we 
we have a fallen nature. We sin hard and we sin often. Look at Romans 3.23. It's a clear example for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans 3.10. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. And yes, listener, that includes you. And that <laughs> um, includes us. It includes your spouse. And it, it, and uh, yeah, as you're listening to this, don't just think of them. Think of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> think about how it applies to you. Uh, and then First John one ten is another one. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar make God a liar and his word is not in us. Mm. So yes, sin is, is real in our lives. And to make it clear, sin is our rejection of God and, and what he commands, right? Mm-hmm. It's our proverbial dethroning mm-hmm. of God in our lives. We try to be God and we try to say, it's like, it's like Adam and Eve in the garden, right? right. Like Eve, the, 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 the serpent convinced Eve that she knew better than God. Right. And she bought Did the God lie. actually say yeah. this? Yeah. And so that's basically our propensity to choose poison every right, time, right. not every time, but many times. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So I guess what, what are these three poisons? Um, knowing that, okay, this is our tendency is to kind of buy that, that lie. Yeah. Uh, we have three P's that can poison your marriage. And the first one, um, is pennies, <laughs> finances, yes. money. Finances are one of the biggest hot buttons for married couples. Um, and this, honestly, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or, you know, right in the middle. If you're married, you, you'll you deal with it. Like, right. we too easily get caught up it's in... It's almost unavoidable. It really is. We just... It's so easy to get caught up in comparison, especially on social media. Yeah. Um, You know, oh, look at them. They're out on their boat. Or, <laughs> you know, yeah. doing something fun. Or, yep. Um, so no matter what shape this poison takes, it's it always stems from our misguided view of money and yep. its role in our lives. Yeah. So, um, when, so in what ways that, you know, so you mentioned comparison being a big one. Um, well, we use like it. seeing th- things on social media. How does, how do pennies become a poison in your marriage? And I, I think the biggest one is it creates uh, a mistaken identity. I think yeah, I was by say either identity comparing. Is, yeah. Your identity or, isn't anchored in Christ. Right. It's anchored in if I get this next thing, then I will be this and I will have that security and mm-hmm. I will be loved and appreciated and understood and part of the group and right. not feel like an outsider when that may do it temporarily but and so what that does in your way, marriage just... is it creates this uh you can start to feel uh you're you're missing identity you can take it out your frustration out on each other right or if you don't have enough money and you're right. you know you forget that god has up. promised yeah. to care for you and that he'll he'll provide for you yeah um and, and so you start to stress and so you overwork right Right, you'll work long hours. You'll push. You'll do a commute that Start doesn't make sense. Start compromising a lot you'll of compromise things. Compromise on things that are important, right? Because the urgent things are right in front of your face, right? Right. And I think, uh, how can we? What's the antidote to this poison? I, uh, let's look at uh, Matthew six twenty five through thirty one. Yeah, it says, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, that what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes?" Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, worry by worrying, add a single hour to your life? That's great. And it goes on to say, and why do you worry about clothes? Right. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was was not dressed like one of these, yes. right? So not good. even Solomon was dressed like one of these. So, man, I mean, that's, that, that's a huge... <laughs> if that is how it goes, sorry, I just want to finish it. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe yeah. you? You have little faith. Don't worry about saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Right. It's like, look, keep your eyes on God and yep. and his provision for how he clothes the grass of the field. Yep. 
We yeah. are his children. Yeah. So again, that, I think that speaks to every state of money being a poison. Right. Right. So, you know, in first Timothy, we're just going to keep throwing scripture at you <laughs> in first Timothy six, verse 10. Uh, it says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It's uh, through, through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced mm. themselves with many pangs or have created basically situations that are, uh, harmful to themselves, right? right. Or created, you know, thoughts or emotions that are like, you know, self-inflicting, self-inflicted wounds right. because people are trusting their loving money, right? right? We're not called to love money. Money itself is a tool. It's not evil in itself, but right. loving it is absolutely evil. Right. And so everything that every, like the poisonous aspect of money is believing the lie that it will satisfy us right. in a way that only God can satisfy. It will give us security in only a way that God will s- secure us Amen. and secure our souls. It'll also give that we believe the lie that it will fulfill us right. and give us meaning. Right. Right. Like God, like only God can give us meaning. So how many times we, we, we live our lives waiting in a career mm-hmm. to get to that next promotion mm-hmm. or to get to that next step in our career only to get there eventually and realize, okay, what's the, ne- and just right. wanting more. Right. Just want the next one. Just insatiable. Yeah. That's... Yeah. And so the antidote, right? right? So the antidote first off, and this is not just a pat answer, but Matthew six, if God, you know, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like a flower <laughs> that God clothes and right. they don't even do anything. Right. right? So God they will provide grow. for us. That's the yeah. first antidote is believing yeah. that God will provide. The second one, I think, stems from a heart of belief. And it's this idea of stewardship, knowing right. that it's all God's, not ours. It's all a tool for his glory. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the pressure is off of us. The glory is off of us. It's all, all the pressure and glory are on him. Um, and out of that attitude, out of that belief and understanding stewardship, if you don't know about biblical stewardship, definitely I'd, I'd yeah, say buy a book some... or to do something, do some research on it. Dr. Scott Rodin is an amazing author. Yeah. He has a, a book, uh, lots of books on stewardship. So good. Um, go to kingdomlifepublishing.com actually. That's, yeah. uh, go to, that's where all of his books are. Learn about stewardship. That's and from been, there. It's changed our, our marriage entirely. Oh my word. It's changed our lives. Yeah. Um, and so this poison is still alive in our marriage. We still have to fight it every day. But one of the tools that we found, and this is very tangible, is our budget. So we have in, in two ways of budgeting, and we won't get into the details of this, but just to put a bug in your ear, is that we budget for our current situation, and mm-hmm. we also budget for our ideal situation. Right. And what that so, means... Yeah. And what that means, sorry, I'm, I keep talking here. <laughs> when uh, is enough enough? Yeah. It, the ideal budget Defining just answers enough. this question. Yes, yes. What is enough? Right. Um, meaning that like we, you know, <laughs> theoretically, like if you don't have that in mind, you could be making a million dollars a right, year and it can never feel like enough and still feel strapped somehow. Right. Right. And you might think that's ridiculous. Well, you know what? It's maybe not, maybe a million dollars is an extreme example, but say you make 50,000 a year now and you say, when you get to a hundred thousand a year, maybe now that seems like enough, but if you're making that it's easy to exhaust that budget right. and we call it, it's lifestyle inflation, right? right? You have a bigger house, more expensive cars, uh, you know, and you are the common money. factor, <laughs> like right. wherever you go, wherever you go, there you are. Yep. Like, and so we came up with this idea of, okay, so we're yeah. not where we think we should be given what we feel like God has called us to do. Meaning the number of kids that we are, you know, feeling called to have, and we do hope to maybe adopt one day, God willing. So that's going to take some financial resources that mm-hmm. we yet, we have yet to, to acquire. Yeah. But then I feel like it's liberating as well because we're defining, <clears throat> We're able to define giving as well, giving to yes. those in need around us, giving to ministries, um, being able to to give financially is such a gift, and we are so grateful to be able to right. experience that gift. 
um, and giving. But that can only be when we say we have enough and defining that yeah. often before it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And and it really call, depends on like where you're called to be, all that sort of thing. So like it, you yeah. know, if you're called to live in a fairly expensive housing area, then your budget's going to look different. You know, right. if your mortgage is, is going to be more. So anyway, and it that's all, not to say just set your ideal budget at like $20 million right. a year. It's it's approaching it from that, right. from, from a, a stewardship, stewardship. Yeah. and a gospel centered lens that Knowing says that your life is not just here. Yes. Like you, yes. We live, we are citizens of another kingdom. Yes. And we are just, we're sojourners here. Yes. We're visitors. We're ambassadors here on earth. So, yes. um, so yeah, that's, uh, th- so I think the first poison. Pennies is the first poison. Pennies is the first poison. We're going to stay with P for the P. rest of these three, the three P's that can poison your marriage. So the second one is perversion, which can go a few ways, but, um, primarily in like the primarily areas of the sex and, and intimacy. Yep. Yeah. They're huge parts of marriage. Um, you know, God created sex as a physical Absolutely. confirmation yep. of spiritual truth. So it's a way to express the nakedness, vulnerability of our souls through our bodies. And it's right. a gift and should thoroughly be enjoyed within marriage. Absolutely. But our view of sex is often perverted or twisted, you know, and that's part of the poison. Yeah. I, so what, so pervert, the word pervert, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's not a, it's a word that is, I think, used plenty right but what does it actually mean what is actual what is, is it perversion? defined yeah uh the, the, the dictionary definition i'll just read it um is the alteration of something from its original course its original meaning or its original state to a distortion or a corruption of what was first intended mm. so when you think about sex and intimacy right so god created sex amazing mm-hmm. like as an amazing gift for pro- for his purposes, for procreation, for in some ways uh, reflecting the intimacy um, experienced um, in, in the unity experienced in like the Trinity as we reflect God's image, albeit dimly, mm-hmm. right? So there are some really, really big, profound meanings to sex. There's also, it's just, it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like sex, it, it can be fun. It's supposed to be pleasurable. This is all really good stuff. Um, and like I said, procreation is where kids come from, but it gets perverted. Um, I'd say that one of the most prevalent ways that it's perverted these days is uh, through just a distorted view of it and an understanding of it through a porn- pornographic addiction right. or uh, sexual abuse. Right. Right. So sexual sin, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, porn is, is ugly. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, if you or your spouse are dealing with a porn addiction, um, get it out in the open and start, you know, get uh, start some shedding light on it, yeah. shed light on it, um, get past it because it will absolutely poison and kill your marriage. And yeah. it'll start with killing this, the area of intimacy yep. in your life. Yeah. So, um, porn addiction cause both spouses to place pressure on each other. I think it's, is, yeah. And what do you mean by, what do I mean by pressure? Uh, unfortunately, you know, I think we mentioned this in our Q and a, that was our last podcast, but a lot of the sexual issues that couples face is ba- it, it are because husbands, not just husbands, but mainly husbands, especially in the Christian circles, right? Yeah. Mainly husbands are finding themselves addicted to pornography mm-hmm. and that's creating a distorted view of what sex should be like. Right. And so, so you go into the bedroom with expectations that are right, maybe not met or, or and, my wife should be willing to right, do this right. thing that I saw. Right. Or they should be, she should be adventurous in this way mm-hmm. or she should, you know, right. be like a sexual, like right. lioness in the bedroom. <laughs> and what happens is a lot of women, like some women can, can fulfill that. Like they can, they're yeah. very, you know, I'm they trying to be big, tender here. Yeah. They have some, there's, have lot, there's lots of women that have, yeah. And, and then there's women that don't. And there's just, it's finding, 
I think it's finding out, finding that path, you know, um, and being honest with yourself. It's that's why it's so important to expose and let. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say? The light pierces the darkness. Like the darkness never pierces the light. So the light pierces the darkness, and why? Because it it needs to be broken. It needs to have light on it. People need you need to get out of that right. because it is not true. It's a lie, and it's darkness, and it's it's a perversion of something. Perversion that's, pure. that's yep only going to hurt yeah. and destroy um, any any bond that you've you've been building yep. um, through intimacy. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I always think so. This is one of those areas. If this is you, and you feel like your sex life needs improvement, I think there's a healthy place to have that that thought like, Hey, I want our sex life to improve. I think that's, that's a healthy desire Mm -hmm. for marriages to have. Um, if, if you have in general, but if you're having that, that thought because you're, you know, you're thinking that your spouse isn't fulfilling you and it's mostly depend, it's mostly, you gotta be honest with yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if your, if your desire to have a better sex life, it stems from what you can get out of it, then I would, I would, I would ask you to question that motive. Mm -hmm. And so we asked the question, if, if our if if all we ever had or ever knew sexually was each other, what would our sex life look like? Mm-hmm. Meaning that if there wasn't any shame, there wasn't any undue shame around it. There wasn't any undue expectation. There wasn't any undue pain around mm-hmm. sex. How would our intimate life look? Right. Right. We would be enough for each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we would we would probably have to spend the rest of our lives exploring sex together mm-hmm. for our, our pleasure, for our enjoyment. Um, and it would be totally unhindered by and unfettered mm-hmm. by the worldly perspectives mm-hmm. or uh, any sort of pain. Now, granted, we don't live in a vacuum. Right. And so we have to do our jobs as believers to understand God's purpose for sex. And that, and that will help us root out the perversion in our in, in our view of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's good. So, it's good. Um, you know, we do have some resources on this on our website. If right. you just go search for sex in the top in the top search bar. Um, but I think just for the sake of this conversation, what are some practical ways that couples can begin this journey of, um, if they feel like their sex life needs growth and maybe perversions, there's some perversion in there and their own thinking, how can they start to root that out and, and grow? I think having, you know, setting some time aside to have a converse, an honest conversation, um, and having a safe sort of place to have it in mm-hmm. and to just be, make that promise. We are going to be honest about everything. Um, and not believing the lie that if I tell you everything's going to blow up, it might blow up. I mean, that is a, it will blow up. But if, if you, if Christ is at the center and after the the dust settles a little mm-hmm. bit, which could take a little time and that's okay, that's normal. Yeah. Um, it's after that, that you guys can come back together and start, yeah. start putting things back together, start talking about why you felt this way or where the pressures came from. And one thing for us is we've, we, we are sort of each other's accountability partners. And so we're always, and I think this is fairly well known about that, about us, but we're always asking, you know, each other questions or if there's a compromising situation, um, which there never is because we try to avoid those by setting certain boundaries. Um, but you know, I, I have free access to ask him anything, you know, and he will always be honest and same goes for me. Just, I think with different things in terms of, I might be more of the pennies, (laughs) (laughs) the penny question, but, um, yeah, so I think having a, a you hold on to the promise, mm-hmm. right? That that sex is designed as good, and God has given it to you as a gift, right? So just remember that. I think start there, 
and then just be honest with yourself and yeah. honest with each other. If mm-hmm. they're, if the, and on the other side, if you have, if you experience any sort of abuse or, um, any sort of a, there's any brokenness in yeah. the area of sex, um, then that is, there's a need for restoration there. Right. And so don't let that go without, um, help, right. right? Get help, get, get counseling, yep. get pastoral help. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, I think lay all your cards out on the table in terms of what, with each other and yeah. say, here's where we're at sexually. Here's what I'm happy with. Here's where I feel like we can grow. Yeah. Here's what I feel like um, we, we need sanctification. Right. And then you start creating a plan toward right. that all, you know, without striving, knowing that God is at work, right. that he will continue to work um, and just abide and he'll, yeah, in him abide while he in does him that Totally. Work. He'll yeah. work through that honesty for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So you want to move on to number three? Yeah, let's do it. Pride. So we got pennies, perversion, and pride. Okay, um, so how does pride? I'll let you take this one because I think you oh, know pride I'm much pride. better than <laughs> I see how it is. No, I totally thought that when I read it. I'm not prideful at all. At all, ever. Yeah. Um, well, pride doesn't want to lose arguments, um, you know, especially when we're right. It doesn't want to apologize. Like, I experience pride in ways of, like, not wanting to serve or I want to, I want I want it to be justified. I want the levels to be equal of right. you do this and I'll do that. I'm kind of a tit for tat person, which you like yeah. to call me out on all the time. Um, <laughs> it <laughs> <Sorry>. is, <laughs> it is definitely one of the poisons that, I mean, in marriage it looks, it has a lot of faces. It's insidious. So it, it is. It is. It's, you know, honestly, every, I think every, the root of every sin is pride, like essentially, cause it always comes from the sense of, I know, better than God. Yeah. So I'm not going to believe I'm going to believe myself yeah. before I believe God or his word or trust him. And, and it's right. funny. The creation is telling the creator how to right. <laughs> right. Um, so that's, I think the root of it. And so pride is, I think it comes, it sounds like, you know, why should I apologize or yeah. I can handle this myself or yep. it's not my fault. <laughs> Those kinds of, right. you know, and then again, making certain decisions selfishly, um, or not being transparent with each other on certain things because you're like, yeah. why does he need to know? So um, uh, we do have this little list um, of what what pride looks like in a marriage. And I'll just read a few. Is that all right? Okay. Uh, being right. So first one is being right is of primary concern over showing love. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think guys struggle with this a lot because we like, I'm objectively right. I've told you. Why I've said I'm the right. words that needed to be said. Right. And I'm like, just love me. <laughs> but you don't feel love, so you're right. like, whatever. Just <laughs> not me. Yes. Um, and so, so if... See, we speak from experience. <laughs> yes. If you have, uh, if, if you've had those conversations and chances are you have, you've have recently, yeah. then um, pride is at play if the words being said are technically right, but love is not right. there. Right. Right. Um, that's a pride thing. Uh, the second one is forgiving is difficult, if not seemingly impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. Forgiving, I think, can be, it's a process, right? Right. But if you find that it's it's impossible or very difficult because uh, because you just feel this sense of like self-righteousness, that's pride. Like, I, should, I don't need to extend forgiveness. This well, is like, not... how, how dare you ask for forgiveness? You hurt me so bad. Yeah. Um, that is a process, yes. But the posturing, the, the posture of how dare you is a prideful posture. Yeah. Because there's no pride um, when... Pride is not possible when you see yourself and how Christ sees you, mm-hmm. meaning that you are a sinner in need of saving and you have been saved and you did nothing, nothing <laughs> to, to deserve, deserve it. it yeah. So, um, pride is not, there's no room for pride really, yeah. um, in, a, in, in the Christian life. That's why it's always being sanctified out of us and rooted out of us. So how does it affect our, how does it 
affect our marriage. Uh, what What do you mean? <laughs> In every way. <laughs> uh, well, let's just contrast a few things. So, okay. uh, for instance, good. pride seeks control. Humility relinquishes control. I think uh, now as a husband, I know that control is oftentimes associated with leadership, right? And that's uh, not, that's yep. not the case. So like the biblical view of leadership is not. You should not, just follow me and not. Right. It's not based on control. It's right. based on like service yeah. and serving right. each other. Right. Right. So I just want to be clear that, you know, by saying humility relinquishes control isn't like, all right, whatever you do what you want. <laughs> Cause in a way you're still t- keeping control right. because you're just right. not letting their actions affect you. Right. Um, another contrast. Is I pride. think, yeah, sorry, this is a hard one for me. So I want to go ahead expand on this, but pride is defensive and humility removes defenses. I think yes. I can get very defensive about things because I tend, my personality tends to read into things. It's not, a good part right. of my existence that I like to highlight, but you, what are you talking about? You always like to tell me what I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> and why I'm doing things. Yes. Cause well, humility seems like a weakness to me. Like I'm giving up and I'm relinquishing yeah. that. And so it's not obviously, but right. you know, it seems like it is, <laughs> yeah. which is funny. Cause we talk about pride being the sign of weakness, not humility, humility, right. the sign of strength, you know? So, um, that's good. I think that's uh, you're being transparent. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, just try to keep it real here. Well, I think humility. <laughs> the reason why humility removes defenses is because you you understand that you might not have all the pieces to the puzzle, right? Right. right? And so when you're hearing your spouse say something, you can actually listen to their words, mm-hmm. um, and good. and actually try to and and try to uh, what's the word? Empathize with them. Empathize and and put yourself in their shoes yeah, and say why why is he or she feeling this way pride won't let you do that Mm-mm. because pride just basically says you're wrong i'm going to hold wrong, on to this right? and you're not there's nothing you can say to change that so the, one of the other contrasting statements we have here is pride prideful people that's you and me yes <laughs> we're resistant more to more you than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, just kidding uh, prideful people are resistant to god and view others as the problem but humble people respond to God and to others, meaning that they actually like, or, or you internalize when someone says something to you in a way that's healthy, right? right. You process it. Right. So it's good. So yeah, that's a, that's a quick overview. Let's just, let's do a quick, um, recap here. So we, we talked about the three, the three P's that will poison your marriage pennies. Um, and I think the antidote is that Jesus's promises is that God will supply all your needs. If you want to write this down, it's Matthew six twenty five. start there, read to verse 31. Um, the second P is perversion. The antidote, Jesus assures us that we are a new creation. Our minds will be renewed. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't mention this when we talked about it, but look this up. Second, second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Mm-hmm. It's like that riser song that our daughter no, loves. riser song. And also like Romans 12 too, renewing your mind. Is that the right verse? I sure I hope don't it know. is. You're going off script. Sorry. We don't have a script. But, <laughs> yeah, um, so how can I go off it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the third one, the third P is pride. What's the antidote? Jesus shows us the ultimate example of humility and selfless love on the yes, cross. So uh, Philippians 2, 8. And being found in, um, and being found in human, human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Wow. So, um, so good. As always, you guys, the antidote is always Jesus, yeah. right? And so... It can start to feel like, yeah, 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 gospel, whatever. <laughs> Give us like the tools, the hows, 
And we are we're why people asleep. We were just talking yes. about this today. Like you and I are like why we always, we always ask, ask why. And I think Jesus is the antidote because he is fully righteous, right. fully in control, fully loving, fully humble. Yeah. Um, and we focus he, on him. We inevitably, inevitably realize that the only grounds for our own right, righteousness is him. Yeah. Right? He answers the why fully and completely. Yeah. And so hopefully this is helpful to you. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if you've enjoyed listening to us, please, please, please rate us. Please um, give us a review if you have some time and share us with friends and family. We are just so grateful yeah. and graciously excited about I can't <laughs> so articulate I know I'm so articulate today I'm You're telling you like, people <laughs> you, you, you were barely standing like two hours ago <laughs> I know. so I'm, I'm really trying to way. be here with y'all but it's been a hard one I'm not gonna lie but we just please share we want to share the gospel as <laughs> yeah. much as we can yeah um and we love it we love yeah as many new ears we can get and yes. if, you, if you haven't enjoyed this uh give us a few more weeks that's always, always what we say <laughs> uh, we're getting better hopefully every every week we do yes. this and if which, you oh which leads me to this point yeah. is we are looking for topics topics um granted there's a, we can come up with topics on our own but we want to know what you care about right. and so go to our website um it's fiercemarriage.com slash ask ask and you can uh, submit a question there you can either call it in or you can write it in um, and we do read those and we'll be compiling those and kind mm-hmm. of basing our po- future podcast episodes off of those mm-hmm. um if you have any um also any constructive criticism uh, we're open to that as well. Keyword there, constructive. Yes, no, not just blanket <laughs> criticism. <laughs> also, I feel like we'd be we'd be missing an opportunity if we didn't tell people about. Um, we we have started these two groups, um, fierce wives and fierce husbands, and we the dust has settled on some things, yeah. and it's been great. Like we've seen a lot of ministry happen already, um, but they are closed groups, and so we just want to see if you guys want to go on and have a safe place to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, different so topics. I mean, in the women's group, we're doing monthly, we do monthly intros. So new members, you get to introduce yourself. And if you want to share a picture, it's awesome. We do prayer requests. Um, we're going to start weekly topics, I think, in this next week and start kind of ministering and chatting about those kinds of things. And it's a place where it's more of an intimate setting. It's right. behind at least one kind of like privacy yeah. door yeah. of the group. It's a closed group. Anyone can be in it as long as they're a wife or a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess... If they're a woman, I think is the only qualifier, right? right? Um, and, you know, because uh, you know, even we have single women and right. men that are looking to be married and they're right. wanting to learn. Right. Um, but yeah, so just to, to bring it around to this conversation, we we talked about perversion and like the need to be honest with someone. Well, we had yes. a guy in the group say, "Hey, I've been dealing with this addiction for a long time to pornography. What should I do?" Mm-hmm. And almost unanimously, the men in the group and there's like two, over two thousand guys in there. Um, and so they, he got a good response and all loving, right? Not rebuking right. him. I There's mean, bashing. but just encouraging him saying, you need a like, right. brother, right. you need to get this out. Right. You need to talk to your wife about this. Yeah. And that was like a couple weeks ago. And, um, today I was reading a comment in there and he, he posted again. He said, I just want to say to all the guys who told me to come out with it. Thank you. Hashtag free. That's awesome. <laughs> See, yeah. and women would be so different about it. It would be like thousands of words, <laughs> which yeah. is good because we all process different. But I think oh. that's just so like the epitome of it's very that's different. great, though. It's, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. That's For as so much awesome. as people try to say like men and women are like the same, they're certainly not the same. Right. Yeah. Nope. Someone's here. Their, our dogs are barking. Our dogs are barking. Anyway, that's our. I think that's, <laughs> that's our, our cue. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, please, please, please subscribe. Feel free to rate and review and do all that good stuff. And uh, next week we will be talking about another hopefully relevant topic. Yes. Right? 
All right, until next time, you guys, thank you again. Stay fierce. See ya. Thank you.